I'm Elizabeth and you're listening to the Cloud and Sec Learning Podcast. This was originally written by Andre Camillo. Today's episode is about honeypots. In the macro view of the circle of life, and in the slightly narrower view of nature, we can easily see how some predators utilize some advanced techniques to lure their prey. This is very common with bugs, spiders for example, bolus spiders go after a specific meal, male moths. They produce a large ball of sticky silk, which they suspend from a single line. The ball is imbued with a chemical that mimics one emitted by female moths. Male moths are naturally drawn to it. And even some plants such as Venus flytraps, for example, the Venus flytrap is a flowering plant best known for its carnivorous eating habits. The trap is made of two hinged lobes at the end of each leaf. On the inner surfaces of the lobes are hair-like projections called trichomes that cause the lobes to snap shut when prey comes in contact with them. Since everything is information and everything is security, how can this information be applied to securing our environments? Well, the concept is simple, to set up a trap in the environment that will trigger an alarm and let defenders know that something is going on. It's not a new concept by any means, there are incredible claims of use of the technique on the book, The Cuckoo's Egg, from 1989. This is what the InfoSec community calls a honeypot, and it is seen as a deception mechanism in the larger scheme of a cybersecurity architecture. Why, honeypot? I found this definition for it. The metaphor of a bear being attracted to and stealing honey is common in many traditions, including Germanic, Celtic, and Slavic. A common Slavic word for the bear is medved, honey-eater. Nota bene. While researching some content on the subject, I stumbled upon this story about the origin of the term, honeypot, it's quite an interesting one. One honeypot definition comes from the world of espionage, where Matahari-style spies who use a romantic relationship as a way to steal secrets are described as setting a, honey trap, or, honeypot. Often, an enemy spy is compromised by a honey trap and then forced to hand over everything he, she knows. So what are honeypots? As Imperva described it, a honeypot is a security mechanism that creates a virtual trap to lure attackers. An intentionally compromised computer system allows attackers to exploit vulnerabilities so you can study them to improve your security policies. It's a really straightforward concept, really. An organization took the concept further and created, HoneyNet, an entire network with fake resources, just waiting to be hacked. This was called, the HoneyNet Project, and they're still active to this date. The HoneyNet Project is an international security research organization, dedicated to investigating the latest attacks, developing open-source security tools to improve internet security and learning how hackers behave. Though I'm not discussing HoneyNet here. Let's now go over pros and cons of using honeypots. Alright, and why use honeypots? This deception technique is utilized every day by researchers, vendors, and I bet attackers, to research new techniques. With its use, they add beacons on the network that are passively monitoring it by means of existing and being vulnerable, so an interesting target for attackers at first glance. Anyone in control of the honeypot can gather this data from attackers, from this CrowdStrike article. The origin of a cyberattack. The sophistication level of the attacker. Commonly used techniques by adversaries. 
the most attractive targets within the network. The effectiveness of existing cybersecurity measures in preventing such attacks and on the reason why to use a honeypot. Their main objective is to expose vulnerabilities in the existing system and draw a hacker away from legitimate targets. Assuming the organization can also gather useful intelligence from attackers inside the decoy, honeypots can also help the organization prioritize and focus their cybersecurity efforts based on the techniques being used or the most commonly targeted assets. Something else that honeypots help achieve is to slow down attackers while it gives the blue team more time to work on patching up issues. And what kind of honeypots are there? Looking into the actual honeypot types around there, and how to actually use them, there are a couple types used by the community, noticeably, production, for when you just want to find out if someone is in your network. This is a simpler approach and the goal is to alert on the existence of a net crawler. Research. For when you want to find out what techniques and tactics attackers are utilizing. This is more advanced and provides deeper insights into what is being done during the attack. According to this article, these can be low interaction as the name implies, a low interaction honeypot uses relatively few resources and collects basic information about the attacker. These honeypots are relatively easy to set up and maintain. However, because they are fairly unsophisticated, they are unlikely to hold the attention of an attacker for very long, which means they are unlikely to be a particularly effective decoy and will only produce limited intelligence about the adversary. Also, given the growing sophistication of many adversaries, some advanced attackers can spot low-level decoys and avoid them or even exploit them by feeding them misinformation. Most production honeypots are considered low-interaction honeypots. High-interaction A high-interaction honeypot is designed to engage cybercriminals for long periods of time through a network of exploratory targets, such as multiple databases. This gives the cybersecurity team a deeper understanding of how these adversaries work, their techniques and even clues to their identity. While a high-interaction honeypot consumes more resources, they also provide higher quality and more relevant information that the organization can use to adapt existing security protocols. That said, high-interaction honeypots also come with some amount of risk, in that they require proper monitoring and containment. A honeywall, or perimeter set up around the honeypot, must be adequately secured and offer only one point of entry and egress. This ensures that the cybersecurity team can monitor and manage all traffic and prevent lateral movement from the honeypot to the actual system. Most research honeypots are considered high-interaction honeypots. And Rapid7 lists some more types, with focus on this one. Pure honeypot This is a full-scale, completely production-mimicking system that runs on various servers. It contains confidential data and user information and is full of sensors. Though these can be complex and difficult to maintain, the information they provide is invaluable. Then there's also ways to look at honeypots based on what they're monitoring, also from Rapid7's document, Malware Honeypots. These use known replication and attack vectors to detect malware. For example, honeypots, e.g., Ghost, have been crafted to emulate as a USB storage device. If a machine is infected by malware that spreads via USB, the honeypot will trick the malware to infect the emulated device. Spam honeypots. These are used to emulate open mail relays and open proxies. 
spammers will test the open mail relay by sending themselves an email first. If they succeed, they then send out large quantities of spam. This type of honeypot can detect and recognize this test and successfully block the massive volume of spam that follows. Database honeypot. Activities such as SQL injections can often go undetected by firewalls, so some organizations will use a database firewall, which can provide honeypot support to create decoy databases. Client honeypots. Most honeypots are servers listening for connections. Client honeypots actively seek out malicious servers that attack clients, monitoring for suspicious and unexpected modifications to the honeypot. These systems generally run on virtualization technology and have a containment strategy to minimize risk to the research team. While there are many real-world examples, I would like to mention how this was utilized in the Mr. Robot TV show, though then it was incorrectly defined by a character of the show. To conclude, the use of honeypots is not without risks, at the end of the day this is a vulnerable device in a segment of the network. You must ensure this is running in a proper part of the network as to not lure outsiders into your network through it. This is where segmentation concepts really strive. This deceptive technique is widely utilized nowadays, aiming at thwarting attacks and monitoring a network for intrusions, this is perfect for mature and well-organized blue teams working with either on-prem or cloud environments. Check cloudensec.com for more content and medium.com slash andrecamillo, with double L, for more cloud and security articles. Thank you, talk to you again soon.